Welcome to the Splinters Podcast from the team on the bench. Community Radio's leading no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, the Italian stallion, Dom Rizzuto. And a very good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Splinters here on Triple H 100.1 FM. My name is Dom Rizzuto, the spicy chorizo, the Italian stallion, the little ball, as I'm more affectionately known amongst uh, the the crowds and fans of our show here on uh, Triple H. It's a pleasure to be with you here in what is, I have to say, uh, an emergency podcast here, ladies and gentlemen. As I'm sure you're all aware, you're gripped by the pandemic that is coronavirus, COVID-19. Our hearts go out to you all those that are affected currently at the moment. We hope you get well soon. But obviously it has crippled our sporting content for the next month. So we've come in here to do a quarterly review. That's right. It's a Splinters quarterly review of the sporting year. Of course, you can catch us on all podcast channels now. If that's Spotify, podcast.com, iTunes, we're right across the board now. And of course, we are brought to you by... Magpies Waitara and the All That Caring Sydney Bears. Doing this quarterly review, though, is no easy task. So I've brought in the best, the very best, some might say. The man, the myth, the legend. I like to say he's the myth, but he is here tonight. No myth about it. His name, of course, is Matt Mears. Good evening to you, Matt. How are you? Uh, good evening, Dom. Good evening, listeners. You've forgotten the most important one. The wise man is here, and when there, anything needs to be discussed about anything that's going on in any quarterly review, that's when, as you said, you bring in the big guns, and I am here because there's a lot to speak about while there is still sport to speak about. Well, let's let's get it. has been an intriguing year, obviously. You know, we, we, we're sitting on the on the cusp of essentially what's going to be a, a, a very quiet year, not just in the sporting world, but in the, in the, in the whole grand scheme of, of the planet in general, we, we don't really know where it's going to be going. So we're not going to make any comments on what's going to be happening with future Australian sports moving forward or for any for, uh, international sports that have already been suspended or indefinitely uh, cancelled. So we're just going to, as we said, do a quarterly review of what's happened through the summer uh, a little bit of before Christmas, uh, talk about some of the things we've enjoyed, talk about some of the things that uh, we haven't enjoyed uh, and eventually come to an agreement that uh, we're probably wrong and we should just move on. <laughs> well, that's, so, all, that's all the fun of splinters. As I said, it's our opinion and are we wrong generally, but the hat rack's not here. So at least there might be a, a better chance <laughs> than one in 10 of something being correct. Ah, uh, the, the, the hat rack, of course, uh, Shane Evans uh, currently enjoying a, a rather glamorous trip in Vegas, I believe. Um, yeah, he's currently in Vegas, so up. he will, uh, he will, uh, we won't be hearing for him for a couple sure, of weeks. Uh, I'm sure he'd be very disappointed to, to see his manly sea eagles produce uh, an arguably dreadful performance against the Melbourne Storm at Brookvale Oval on Sunday afternoon to kick off the season, but less than about that, the better. Matt, let's uh, let's get into our kind of first topic. We sat down earlier in the week to discuss a few things um, that you know caught our eye. It's kind of in in ways like the bench. It's an extended caught caught our eye edition here uh, this evening yes. on Splinters. Uh, one of the things I think both you and I can agree on, and we've and, and we've seen it with the with the, the current um, additions that we've had 
uh, female additions we've had on on the bench and splinters and at Triple H Sport um, that have come on board and are looking to get into the, the radio and to call more games and to cover more women's sport. Uh, it's been a great year so far for the women's game in uh, in all codes, uh, and there's been many memorable moments that have that have happened so far. What what what's one for you though that, that strikes the eye that's been really something that has taken that game to the next level? Well, I said that there's plenty to speak about in the women's realm. Obviously, the Matildas have qualified for the Olympics, pending them going ahead. Um, I said the W League keeps getting stronger. WAFL or AFLW continues to grow and, and be that um, that that football that um, the people, the Mexicans down south, uh, have that alternative while they wait for the, the men's season to begin. But when you speak the first few months of the year, you speak about women's sport. You can't go past the Women's T20 World Cup and the crowds that turned up for that. I, I have said on the bench and on splinters in our preview episode for the T20 World Cup, whether there was going to, there was too much focus placed on the match at the MCG, the final, I'll get to that into a, in a minute. But my point was that if that, if there's too much emphasis placed on that game, the, the games before it are going to be meaningless. And I think, I'm happy to stay here on Splinters in front of Don Rizzuto and all of our <laughs> Triple H Sports universe that I was wrong. I was wrong. There was a, the, so much interest in these first rounds. They had 15,000 turn up at the Showground Stadium, more than most Sydney Thunder games for that first game between Australia and India, which ended up being um, a, a curtain raiser to the final, which they played against each other two weeks later. But since that first game, it, it really did take the... It did take the um, it did take the imagination of the of the country, and they got behind it as well. They had games at the Wacker and Canberra and Junction Oval in Melbourne as well, and and all well attended. You got to see women's sport on the front and back pages of um, the paper, not just building up to the final, but um, in the lead up to that as well. Uh, they 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 took the role of the men's team. It, it is something to see. They they did the men's team obviously were over in South Africa, um, playing a couple of one days there. That didn't get as much of the coverage at all. It was all about the women's team, which was great to see. And then obviously we moved forward to to the Sunday night at the MCG, eighty six odd thousand. Didn't quite break that record from nineteen ninety nine, but it was a, a sight to be sold. I, I was glued to the television um, just the atmosphere that provided an Australian team that that looked rusty, that looked tired coming into that final. But when the, the bright lights turned on, they turned on themselves and just put in a performance for the ages. The Indian team, which had beaten them in that first game at Showground Stadium, were just deer in the headlights against an Australian team led by Alyssa Healy with her 70 off 30-odd balls and Beth Mooney just showing why that they're the, probably the best women's po- opening partnership in, in cricket. Um, it was just a day to behold. And then Katy Perry coming on stage, and I've seen all the videos of the girls up on stage with her as well. That just the, the image that that gives to all little girls and boys as well, they can't forget that, um, that, that they can see that and they can follow their dreams. And whether it's playing cricket or any sport, that hopefully it's just showing that anybody can do it. 
Absolutely. It's um, and in, and in a really big, big tournament win, obviously not because of the title itself that comes with it, but a bit of scrutiny behind the team as well. Like they didn't get off to a great start. Um, they lost, uh, um, Alyssa Healy, sorry. They lost, um, oh my God, her name is just me. Um, Elise Perry, sorry. Elise Perry. How could I forget Elise Perry? Unbelievable. Um, mm. they lost her in the semi final. Um, which was a big shame, obviously, for her, but they went on and did the job. And much like in the football as well, the Matildas coming off the back of a, a relatively disappointing World Cup performances from them, um, bowing out in the round of 16 after the, the, the incidents of the coach sacking last year um, with Stajic and Ante Milovic coming in. Um, but they did really well to sort of hold their night their nerve in these qualifiers and in a games where many people were, you know, not let, giving them an easy pass mark for the, the, the final game against Vietnam, which saw them qualify for Tokyo, whether that be 2020 or 2021 was, was amazing to see. And they went out and won, not just uh, uh, by a few, but by plenty. And it's good to see that these players are now, you know, they with the spotlight that's, coming with the popularity of the of the sports that they play in that they're still able to handle the pressure that they're probably not as used to as much because they have never had it before well with with the greater power comes greater responsibility and you see with the women's side where with the cricket side they've had to travel from place to place um, throughout that World Cup, they'd play in a city, get on a plane, go to the next city. A lot of women's tournaments, not just cricket, but um, they, they tend to play a couple of games in one spot. So they get to make camp for a week or so. They don't have that constant travel. But now with the popularity that they're beginning, the, the, the demand on them is so much greater, whether it's the fans, whether it's the game. Um, whether it's the travel schedule. So to see them stand up like that, they, they still have a f- smile on the face. It's the fan engagement that they have. is just second to none. And um, you can see the disappointment on Elise Perry's face of not being able to play that final. But she knew what her role was once she wasn't able to play. She basically became the fan ambassador for that women's team. And she was everywhere and anywhere that she could be promoting the team, seeing the fans and letting them get up close and personal, which I think some of the men's sides could really take note of. And just so the fan engagement that you can have and and what, and what and inspire them to be part of it. Because if there is one thing that I do have with, with men's sport is that sometimes these sort of things can be seen as, and I'm not saying this about all players, definitely not, but, but maybe some attitudes can be that that's probably, we should just focus on playing the sport or, let 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 our actions on the field doing the talking. But I said, if you're a fan and you're that 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 impressionable age where you're still deciding what what team you want to follow or what code you want to follow growing up, if you can have access to the players like that, even if it's for a minute or so, you can create a fan for life. So I think it's just that that part of it's been special as well. It's been incredible. Another another one that I really loved. It happened just over Christmas time um, in the UK. It was in the, it was in the world darts championship. Oh yeah. Played. Uh, and this year the, the sport went um, to a new level where they've allowed female players to compete against male players 
um, in the championship now. And, and it could have been darts that... because mm. darts is not a is not a physical game. Let let's I love darts. <laughs> it's one of my <laughs> favorite lot, things to yeah, watch. Yeah, and my favorite is, things to big, play. Yeah. But, but it, it ain't is, for what it is. It ain't a sport and. <laughs> it, it, it's skill, it's skill driven, and and it and it requires an immense amount of skill. There's no denying that. But, and one of those players who does possess that immense amount of skill is Fallon Sherrick, um, born in Milton Keynes, Buckinghamshire, uh, very close to where I grew up in the UK and where my family, where I was originally from. Went into this year's tournament uh, and became the first female player to beat a men's player. Uh, in the competition, in darts ever on a professional stage, um, it was just amazing to see. I, I do implore anyone who hasn't seen it to go and check out the highlights of her first win. She did actually win her second round match as well, um, uh, following on from the from the from the historic win, which she then did bow out in the third round. But the, the highlights from the first game that she won on the darts that she needed to throw. Uh, to win it I, we all know that darts crowds are, are ruckus and loud and never stop singing but when her dart needed to go the silence was deafening and it was it's an incredible thing to watch just the th- and hear the thud of the dart hit the double mm-hmm. setting her through to the second round and the crowd reaction was quite incredible just uh quite incredible and it's um I employ want to see it, and then again another huge step forward for for women's sport, and again a moment of pressure for her, where you know, like you said, with 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 greater power comes greater responsibility. So a fantastic achievement for her, and a fantastic achievement for the Aussie women's teams across the country. Uh, it certainly has been, and um, as I said, we we we're the connoisseurs of sport here. We're, we're in these positions on these podcasts and on these shows for a reason. We watch a lot of sport and for, for something like that to catch our eye, because just the, the volume that we go through and what we see just to, to have those things step out and not because they're female or male or anything like that, but just to have them on the stage, pull those heartstrings. That's why you're a sports fan to begin with. It, it's not about the sticks that gets hit. It's not about the, the goal that gets scored. It's about those moments. It's about how your emotions get brought into whatever you're playing. And, and those sort of moments, that's why we're sports fans. And uh, it, it's been great to see. And hopefully it continues in some form as we as we move along throughout the year. Well, whilst we're on the... Um... On a, on, a, on a nice note, let, let, let's stay on a nice note for the first half of, of the show. Let's let's keep the, the good times coming because, ladies and gentlemen, you know that us here at Splinters do love talking about the very bad, like all people do. <laughs> you only hear about it when it's going bad, but when it's going good, it's very quiet. It's about rugby league. Last, it lasted for years. Let's talk about something good for a change, though. Um, well, it, 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 it's, it's, it's not come from a great place, but it, the reaction from it has been quite simple. The, the Australians uh, across the country suffered uh, intense environmental catastrophe earlier this year in, in through December with, with catastrophic bushfires that raged across the country, um, ripping through millions of wildlife and thousands of home claiming lives of 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 a, of a few um locals in within areas that they're in claiming lives of hero firefighters who are out there trying to prevent the 
the flames from continuing and, and burning through this great land. It um, was hor- horrific to see. Um, our hearts go out to all of those um, that, that suffered in that uh, in that great tragedy, and uh, and as well to those who who volunteered and stepped up when the time was right and when it was needed. Um, but it did it didn't. But the sporting world also answered to those prayers as well, and it was great to see once again that sport can you know quite often be seen as a lucrative money making business that it does still uh, within the depths of the of the heart beats a soul that cares about bringing people bringing communities together bringing mates to the pub bringing boys to their podcasts to talk about <laughs> the games that they love it was great to see once again that sport did that and it did a number of ways and one in particular Mizzy was that was some of the stuff they did through cricket well Probably the cricket one is the one I most remember. We'll, we'll go into a few of what the other sports did a little bit later, but the it, it was a game that was in uh, in doubt as well. Probably something we can talk about in the bad part um, in the second half of the show with um, the it being supposed to be playing before the Big Bash final. It got moved to Melbourne at the Junction Oval due to Melbourne being drier than Sydney at the time. But just the way that the, the, the game came together, whether it be Australian players or the likes of Brian Lara and Sachin Tendulkar and all those sort of players as well, more more international players. I think you're out seeing Courtney Walsh that, that made their time available to be able to play this, uh, play this game. And as much as the money was raised as well, um, and it was a great, I think about $7 million was raised through Cricket Australia and their initiatives, including this game, um, for the uh, Bushfire Appeal. But sometimes it's it's more about the money. It's, it's about that, uh, as I was saying earlier, those 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 moments and those feel-good moments. Like, for, for people that have, have lost a lot or even lost a little but, but still feeling it and sometimes taking something like this and, and taking a couple of hours away from the pressure of life and what's getting you down and, and being able to be just entertained and, and have that break from it all to, to watch, say, Ricky Ponting out there and, and Brian Lara looking like he could still play in the BBL tomorrow if he wanted to. And you, you saw... we. The, the the big charity game I always remember is, is the Bradman game back in uh, the early 90s where... Uh, Zoe Goss got out um, Brian Lara, and it's something that's still talked about today. Um, we were lucky in this game. We had a few female players. We had Alex Blackwell. We had Elise Fellani, but we also had Phoebe Litchfield, who is going to be the next big thing in women's cricket, only 16-year-old. But to see her out on that stage, um, batting with the likes of Brian Lara, Ricky Ponting, in a game like this is just something that when she is a big star in only probably a few years' time, to, to for her to have that experience under her belt and for people to be able to go back and say, yes, I remember seeing that, um, it, it's just one of those things. It's as one once-in-a-lifetime things that can change, um, or probably change Phoebe Litchfield's life to be able to do those sort of things. It'll it'll drive her on to want to achieve more, but it also just... It, 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 it pulls on those emotional heartstrings that... Whether it can be a crying moment, whether it can be a happy moment, or it just gets you out of that reality, it gets you out of that, bu- or it probably puts you into a bubble 
so to speak, for a couple of hours just to know that you're watching something special and put some smiles on some faces that might not normally have them. It's just good to see what sport can actually do. A lot of the times, sport can get talked down, and I can tell you, if you've been part of the Triple H sports team, you know there's a lot of people that want to bring you down, but <laughs> sport can really contribute for the heartstrings and lift people up when, when they are down. Well, not only that, but it also brings out the best in some of the sport in sports um, personalities, even the even the most tangible, like Nikki Kyrgios, who who you have to give credit to when when credit mm. is due. Um, obviously, off the back of um, the bushfires, the Tennis Australia announced that the Australian Open that at every ace that was hit, a certain amount of money, I can't remember the exact figure, would be donated to the bushfire fund appeal. Um, but came about via Nick Kyrgios's, you know, um, generosity. He was he was the one reaching out to um, Tennis Australia to to step up and and make a statement about it and and to help out and and put themselves the people in, who are in a position to help to help those who need it. And it was incredible to see. Um, well, not only that, but we also saw it on a, on an international level. Um, the the Premier League, I know for one donated a certain amount of money for every goal that was scored in a bank back in round 20, I think it was, or round 19. Um, every goal that was scored, a certain amount of money was donated towards the Bush front appeal. Matty Ryan, Socceroos goalkeeper, every save he made, he donated a certain amount of money to this bushfire appeal, um, which, well, again, show, shows that, you know, sport does, you know, sports do, sport does care. <laughs> Well, it does. As I said, you can even go to the, the fact that they said they, they had that internet, they had like a, a serve-off or something that the, the couple of days before the Australian Open where um, there was a, a bunch of the international players played and came out and were mic'd up beforehand. You saw cricketers were, were, were donating money for sixes hit and wickets taken as well. Even WWE, which uh, has a lot of Australians in their developmental system and a, a few up on the main roster. They were they were putting up on their programming in America what was happening and, and how they could donate. So it was something to see. I said a lot of the times I said things happen overseas and we get reached out to here to say, can you donate to this? Can you donate to that? It was great to see that the, 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 the love was being returned through sport and that America, the UK, and and elsewhere, we're we're putting out that message to to help us out over here in Australia. And I think there's a lot of, as I said before, there's a lot of people that that think that sport doesn't have their place. I said it's hard to argue when a lot of the times it's sport that brings people together. Well, we uh, know what to say to those. <laughs> people when the time comes but yeah look all in all uh in terms of the first half of the quarter of this year there's been some uh, some very good moments as we mentioned right across the board in in women's sport in particular um that it's we've seen we've seen charitable um actions from from athletes uh, and you know in, in what has really essentially been a very difficult year the sort of flashbacks to 2016 where we lost a number of uh, famous heads in one year this, this year it seems to be disaster after disaster so it again it sort of puts sport in a position to be that shining beacon of hope that not all is always lost well exactly right and you, you see all the memes that coming out on facebook or on social media where 
it's just like everybody was looking forward to 2020 and the, and hopefully it would be a new beginning. Unfortunately, this first quarter has just been shown that sometimes... We're off to, yeah, we're off to a good start this decade, yeah. aren't we? Unbelievable. Well, sometimes sometimes you've got to get right to hit right rock, right to rock bottom before uh, things can get better. And as I said, with everything that's gone on in these first couple of months, you'd hope that we're getting close to rock bottom before things can start to get better. But uh, as I said... Sport will be there, hopefully, in some form or another. As I said, as the day go by, we hear different things with different sports, whether they go behind closed doors or don't not play it all together. As I said, it's really scary to be a sports fan at the moment because I know part of my life is I look forward to either the cricket game on the weekend or watching my team play on a on whenever they're drawn on the weekend or Friday night as a, as a focal point of the week. And because I said that whether it, it's happy for a win or you uh, get pissed off because they lose and you can't wait to play the opposition again to get one back, it's 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 part of your weekly routine to, to support your team in, and support your sport. So I said, with everything that's happening... It just this is the time to remember that that what sport can do, and if it's not around, how different the world would be. Exactly right. Now that is uh, the first half of the show uh, coming to a close. Uh, all folks, as we've spoken about on the first half, sport is a is a shining beacon, and you know we've seen a lot of athletes who originally didn't you know have such a focus on them uh, become a become a a beam of a beam of hope. And as we mentioned, with great power comes great responsibility. However, sometimes that great power comes privilege. And sometimes that privilege is used rather poorly. And ladies and gentlemen, we will be speaking about that in the second half. So stay tuned. This is Splinters on Triple H 100.1 FM. The 2019 Australian Ice Hockey League season has concluded with your All About Caring Sydney Bears winning it all. That doesn't mean it's all over for the year on the hockey front. Log on to bearsshop.com.au for all your Bears merchandise options. And stay tuned to Splinters and the Bench for updates coming out of the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League and the world's top competition, the National Hockey League. Sydney Bears, hear us roar. Sponsors of Triple H. Splinters, Triple H, 100.1 FM. It's Don Rosetto and Matt Mears with you for the quarterly review. Yes, we really, we really thought about this one quite late, but it's coming to coming well together quite nicely. Which, uh, which uh, I don't know. I don't want to blow one's trumpet, but uh, maybe uh, the a new great duo is rising through the ashes like a phoenix, ready to soar. <laughs> If there's if there's a positive to come out of any of this, it's the new duo of uh, the spicy chorizo and the wise man. Spicy chorizo and the wise man, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Triple H 100.1 FM. You are listening to Splinters, as I said before. Can catch us on all your podcasting channels, whatever that might be. You can get us anywhere you like, and of course, we do this all thanks to the. Uh, Magpies, which are all about carrying Sydney Bears. Bears, we're going to get stuck right into uh, the next half of the show because we've got quite a bit to go through. And again, we've got, as we mentioned before, we've got uh, we've got the bad things to talk about. So um, 
we well, if you're the Daily Telegraph, say. it's business. If you're the Daily Telegraph, it's just it's business as usual. It's what keeps us printing every day. <laughs> oh well, you know, somewhat some you got to create engagement somehow, and if that means shooting someone in the foot, then by all means, type away. Unless you're Brian Fletcher. Unless you're Brian Fletcher. Talk about <laughs> shooting each other in the foot. NRL off season. All right. Not as bad as it was last year. Let's last year was terrible. However, it's not been that good this year. We've got at least five quite serious cases. There's there's some players who are still feeling the ramifications of their actions from 2019 in 2020. Mm. Mizzy, uh, is there uh, is there an answer? I, I I don't get it because right now. The stand-down policy doesn't seem to be doing too much because, it, like the NRL judiciary panel, it seems to be one punishment for one player and another punishment for another. It's one of those things where it's hard because you want to draw a line in the sand. Obviously, the NRL does not want, and they seem to be the only code that seems to suffer from this, is there's no one getting called up from the A-League or no one calling up from the AFL to this degree. And as I said, there's four or five different... Um, incidences that happened over the off season. I think I can count uh, sort of one incident or two incidents where yes, they haven't started 2020 season. They haven't played the first game. Whereas there's about three that they have, they've, they've been charged, but have been allowed to play. You go back to Jack DeBellin, who's already had to sit out a full season and is still not playing in 2020 for, for his case. Is, is there a, a level of degree that has to be this serious before it becomes into effect? Because as far as I was aware, it was if, if it's no fault. As soon as you're done, you stand down. But as I said, Curtis Scott and others have been able to avoid this and play. So where, where do we stand? Where, where do the players stand? Where do we as fans stand in the fact that we don't know what's going on anymore? It, it's an interesting one. I, I personally thought it was the correct decision at the time. Uh, it, it, it kind of, in a way, similar to Sydney's lockout laws. You know, there wasn't, you know, it, it was it something had to be done to curb it dramatically. And whilst the knock-on effects of it were were pretty drastic, it it did curb the 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 main issue, which was the violence in the streets at night in the Sydney CBD and the Cross. Same thing here in the NRL. 2019 was a catastrophe. There was incidents all the time, not and not just at the start of the season, through the season as well. Like it, it quite incredibly. Like I don't think I've any seen seen anything like it. It was like it was like the players had FOMO. They were like they were missing <laughs> out on being in trouble and in the spot like their like their their colleagues were. It was ridiculous. So I understood where they were coming from. But and I still enjoy the policy, but it seems to be that one punishment that again the NRL still can't seem to differentiate between what's right and what's wrong. You know what I mean? You, you, you have and, I, and I, I hate to use this because I always get angry with people. You know, they were they were very very keen not to bring Falau back into the game, um, which I totally agree with. Um, I think he's stain on the sporting sporting world personally. Um, but Curtis Scott physically assaulted a police officer and I'm 
I'll be the first person to say, look, I'm pretty sure we've all dreamed of doing that once upon a time, but you just don't do it, do you? You just no. don't bloody do it. And yet he's he, he played round one. So, you know, uh, Mike Osivo, he, he uh, indecently insulted a woman in Fiji. He's still playing. His, David his, Peter, his court date was the day of the first round. That Thursday was his court date and he played. And, you know, and this is the thing. And then... And, and, like it, it's it, it's a little stupid. If you're going for a court appearance, if you have to show up in court, you sh- and it happens to be interfering until the verdict from the court has been made, then you are not allowed to play. That is the no stand down policy. That is what it stands for. No fault. No fault. Stand down policy. That is what it's called. Until you are you are accused of any fault, then you can go back and play. I know for a fact if it happened in any that the actions of some footy players happened in any other business uh, workplace, it wouldn't be tolerated and you'd lose your job. Why should it be the same for rugby league? I don't quite understand. Because oh, there's billions out there who would give the opportunity to be like these players, to to play in this league, to make very good money, to be stars, to be to be heroes, and to see people abuse that privilege is just embarrassing. But it comes back to four when we were having our nice and and warm and fuzzies in the first one, the the point was with great power become comes great responsibility. And we've seen our female athletes stand up and be awesome role models and inspiring the next generation to want to come through and play sport. But there's a lot of these guys here, for whatever reason, they, they seem to shun away from it and just and want the big money but don't want the the extras that come along with it. Yes, it's great to be a footy player, but you're not a footy player for 80 minutes a week. You can't just be getting paid a million dollars a year to only be on TV for that 80 minutes that your game's on a week. You're a footy player 24-7, and that comes with greater responsibility than others have than just for for lack of um, a better term, quote-unquote, normal civilians. Because as said, what what you and I go, Dom, even at our community radio level, what we go and do at the pub, not that we're going to commit anything illegal, but if we go have a, f- a few beers or more than a few beers and maybe stumble home or whatever, that's not going to make the news unless we bring it up on the show. But <laughs> for these players, that's that's their reality. They need to make sure that their backyards are clean, even if they're not doing the wrong thing, even if it is just something that's maybe socially untolerated but not illegal they they have to keep themselves to that higher one and if you are a player that's out there and says I don't want to be a role model I don't want to have the responsibility well guess what go get a real job and you can play Ron Massey Cup on the weekend for a couple of hundred bucks yeah exactly right Exactly right. And we go and it goes back to the, you know, as you mentioned, some players not enjoying the media responsibility. But, you know, you have to understand that, you know, you are unfortunately it, it comes with the job title at the end of the day. Exactly. You know? And I understand that, you know, you, you'll, you'll get instigated by dickheads out there who, you know, who are who want to cause a scene and and tell a story to their mates about how they, they got in a punch on with a footy player. Um, but it's about putting yourselves in that in that in that position in the first place you know what i mean hanging out with wrong crowd you know you're at the end of the day you're 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 a figure of the public and you're and you're a face of the game and with your actions you bring those things into disrepute and that is just simply i mean personally in my opinion it just can't be tolerated but 
I think this stand down policy is it me or I I just feel it since old Beatty left, it's his policy. It's kind of gone with him. Yeah, I think when the more you get, the more you get footy players and and sporting people in these roles. When you when you get a Todd Greenberg and you get all these people in that 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 are sportsmen, they tend to be more lenient towards the players because they look at it at that lens. Unfortunately, where the game is now, it's not the 70s anymore where it's mostly amateur and the players and, and the administrators are all volunteer and, and everything like that. It's not your local park comp. It's a professional competition, a national competition where you are held to a different standard to everybody else and you have to agree with that. As I said, if you don't like it, Go somewhere else. There is plenty of other people, as you said, Dom, that will take your place and accept the extra responsibility for having that chance to be paid to do something that they love like that. Because, as said, if you want to play footy, you can. You just can't play on that level and get paid if you don't want the extras that come with it. Speaking of uh, people in power and and lacking a, a certain degree of, of work ethic and privilege and, and foresight. Let's talk about sports governing bodies to start the year. Oh, they've we love rubbish. them. They've been <laughs> rubbish again. I mean, really, I mean, what have they done that's good? I think the only thing that's good, and I can't believe I'm saying this, is the new A-League boss. He's actually come in and done a good job. I can't believe I'm saying good things about the A-League because originally – it was an absolute circus, and now it actually seems to be a, an actual moving, well-oiled car going in at di- least a direction, whether that be down or up, but at least it's going somewhere. Well, it's always helpful, yes. But, Let's start, I mean, I've whinged yeah. about it across across the year. People have heard me on the bench whinge about it, but I can't get across enough how frustrating it has been seeing things like the Big Bash final not get relocated or rescheduled to another day in case of rain. It's a sport that can't be played in the rain. So if it does rain, what are you going to do? That would be if I was a CEO of the of a company or the board or whatever, and I've got people managing these events, that would be the first thing I ask them. Okay, guys, that sounds great. What if it rains? What if it but rains? A, people do this for been... weddings. When they want to go to the beach, they make backup plans if it rains. Not a World Cup final or a or a T20 domestic league final. It's ridiculous. But rain's been part of cricket for hundreds that's of years, thing. and that's what we've had to deal with. That's why you play the rounds. That's why you finish where you do. So you get that insurance against the rain. Our finals our finals that we're playing in park cricket at the moment are being affected by rain. And guess what? If you're higher on the ladder, that means you go through or you win the title. That's, that's just how enough. cricket's because been. That's park cricket. Because usually you can't play at other grounds in park cricket. It doesn't work like that. This is professional sport, Matt Mears. Not Harbour Division 8. That's generous. It's professional sport, and we saw it in the T20 for the women's semi for the world semi semi final with England and India not playing. It's you can't do that. It's a World Cup. You can't not play a semi final. 
Then what, then what's lose? the answer? TV what's the likes. answer? Well, the TV, the TV, they just go on and play highlights uh-huh. of the other game play and people it still on watch. another day. Well, what the Sydney? What's it been? It's been. It was raining for like five days in a row. Then don't play it at all. Wait, just wait. Wait a week. Wait two weeks. The rain doesn't hang around forever. We'll just wait. We'll just sit in Sydney until it decides that it's not going to rain and we'll play a game. It doesn't matter that the final was supposed to be three days ago. We'll just keep waiting. You've got plenty of places to play. You go play at another go play at another ground or something. Go play in another state. Why don't we just build a big? We'll just build a big. I would rather wait and see an actual final than see five overs. What I essentially I, I, was a super over match. What's the point? I said, I I think I, I get your frustrations on it, but it's not a new problem. And it's a problem that it's going to be around as long as it keeps raining and and cricket is being played. I'm not the, I mean, I was the first person to whinge about it with the Big Bash final, but there's been plenty of people who have agreed with my sentiment in the, for the women's semifinals recently in the World Cup. And it needs to be addressed. It ain't hard. If it rains, what do you do? Well, I said, I think you're going to get your wish, and for the Men's World Cup that's supposed to be in September and October, they are looking at having reserve days for the semi and the final. How easy is that? Foresight, Matthew. <laughs> Do it in advance. What if it rains? Cricket. Don't make up a plan it after rains. it happens. Make up a plan when it happens. You go, look, guys, we're a sport that's affected by rain, but we'd rather have a game than no game because of TV rights, advertisement, etc. What can we do if it rains? Where do we go? What's the backup plan? But with TV, so what? So what? So we we block out all this TV for a semi-final to be on, and then the next night it's supposed to be the premiere of My Kitchen, Home Renovation, Backyard Rules, Gonna Marry a Farmer, fucking Pet Barn, whatever reality show is going to be on that the TV company has poured millions of dollars into promoting it's going to start on that night, what do you do? If you're the TV broadcaster and they've just said, no, nah, sorry, it rained yesterday, we're going to push off your new reality show that you've pumped millions of dollars into promoting. What, what happens then? You can't have a reality show because you because a semi-final <laughs> of cricket or any sport comes down once every four years, not every six months. Foresight is ru- in governing bodies is ruining sport, Matthew Mears. I won't hear anything about it. I won't even get started on the Euros and their ridiculous plan to play it in several nations across the continent, yet only to have an outbreak of a, of a virus so they can't play it anymore. anymore. It's absolutely ridiculous. Now, we spoke about the standard. We've spoken about a little bit of foresight with, with grilled sports stars, with, with praised sports stars. and. W- we here at the bench are also our, our own our own our own critics, and it, it only it's only fair, Matt Mears, that we do a Splinters bench quarterly review of our current hosts and uh, and correspondents uh, that have uh, graced us so far in the beginning of this year. I, I think that fair i think our team like any like any good organization you, you need sometimes just to let for your peers to let you know that the good things you think you're doing the bad things that you can doing where you need to improve and uh where we just need to show you the door <laughs> let's 
let's talk about uh, let, like let's uh, follow the pattern of the of the show so far, going from good to bad. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the good. Let's talk about the good, and uh, we're going to talk straight off the bat with uh, our latest additions, um, Alex Bellamy and Zoe Benjamin and Georgia. Apologies, I don't know your surname that well, but I'm sure I will once I meet Futurist you. Futurist something or other. <laughs> Fluter. Uh, uh, a big A star for the girls, in my opinion, Mizzy. I think Lumis they're Fluter. a great a great addition to the show. Um, I think they they actually know what they're talking about, which is quite that nice. That makes a big change to the bench, um, yeah. Which makes a big change, change <laughs> for us, obviously. Um, you know, they they've contributed where that when when they can. They they've been eager. They've been keen. And uh, having had a few people come in and out of the show during our time uh, in the past, it's nice to finally have some people commit um, to the to the show shows. Um, and the and the commentary that we do outside of the games um, is it's been great to see and and one that we're really looking forward to taking even further into into the second quarter of the year. Well, said it's no secret that that women's sport is something that we're we're passionate about here at Triple H and. It will eventually evolve into the girls having their own show with um, with Alex and, and Zoe and Georgia leading the way with Sarah as well. Now she's finished her commitments elsewhere. I, I noted on Instagram today she, she um, met up with Tony and, and has her media pass like the rest of us to call the footy this year. She's excited to be back on board with us. And that's a, that's a, it's, there's not many people that can say they have the current Miss World Australia as part of their sports team. We'll, we'll take that one. We'll just keep that one in our back pocket, not to brag too much about that. But as said, as much as Sarah's probably out the front for, for her other achievements, the, the other girls, Alex, Zoe and Georgia, they hold their own as well. And as said, it's, it's not just one girl that's leading all that. It, it's four, it, it's soon to be five, even six. And, uh, I said what they've brought to the show, the the change that they've brought to the show. As I said, when the bench and that first started, what we used to be and what the show used to be to what it is now, and and the and the the brand that we've been able to build with the, with them on board is just huge. It's 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 taking us in the direction that we that we needed to go. And that, and that we can be taken seriously. Don't don't worry. We're always going to have fun. And I think the next 10 minutes will show you. We're always going to have fun here. But as said, again, with great power becomes great responsibility. We, we're trying to climb our way up the, the sporting ranks in community radio. Our goal is to be the number one in sports in community radio. I think we're getting very close, but we needed something to, to tip us over and Getting the quality that we're getting through the girls coming through is certainly um, pushing us towards number one. Absolutely, that it's been, like I said, we've been a a fabulous uh, recruitment drive from us uh, here this year because by God, the riffraff that was uh, <laughs> stinking up the place beforehand need a need Ooh. a left hand and a right hand, followed by a, a, a swift, swift, swift suplex. <laughs> out of the out of the station, of course. No, I love the boys. Um, we're doing a quarterly review of everyone here. Don't worry, myself and Mizzy will give ourselves a a grading too. Uh, you know, in in a second. Um, let, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the uh, um, the cricketers. Let's talk about the cricketers. Um, <laughs> Jacob Aquilina, um, my good friend Jacob Aquilina, and Who? and uh, uh, Anthony the Bull Caruso. What the world's worst recruiter. Calls, the world's worst recruiter. 
calls himself the Godfather. I don't think what's, what he's the Godfather of. Um, I don't know. Godfather of never well, turning 69, up. 69 Linwood Avenue. Godfather of his <laughs> own house. And he's not even the Godfather of his own house. We know that. He <laughs> does not wear the pants in that family, no. <laughs> well, well, how do you rate him? We, we, gave an a, we gave an A to, uh, you know, the, the girls, obviously, well-deserved. Uh, how, how do we? How about? How about? How we? How do, how do we see Jakey? Jakey, I think, uh, you know, he's been he's been doing his best here and there, traveling, you know, there and back from Canberra. Um, I think his I think his only concern is is that he he, he is a he is a camp too. He's down in Canberra too much. Well, as I said who? Um, I said <laughs> Jakey obviously. The real he, myth. <laughs> he he's the real myth, but as I said it probably be said about a few of us. But I said he he'll he'll do okay. Just just like. Only reason I say that is because he's good. I always enjoy when we do shows with him on there. It's just we don't we we get the quality when he's there. We just don't get the quantity out of him. Where is Caruso? God help us all. Um, we get plenty of quantity with Caruso. That's for sure. We get plenty of quantity with Caruso. See <laughs> <laughs> uh, these run run sheet mistakes. How how where are we going on our end of season trip with all those run sheet mistakes? Oh, Las Vegas self funded trip by just Caruso alone. Yeah, with all the with all the fines he gets from all his buddy run sheet mistakes. I think last time it was Vegas. I think that's what happens. I was talking with Zoe. I think last time I talked to Zoe, I think we were going to the International Space Station. We're getting uh, we're getting that flushed with funds. <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, uh, the two men who were once uh, currently overseas, and the other one is uh, well, he's no longer with us really, but still plays a, a significant part. Uh, we're talking about the Hat Rack, Shane Evans, and and. Uh, Community uh, sports greatest analyst Keith Topolsky. <laughs> that's, that's no longer in community he's radio. No longer in community sports, <laughs> so he's not even an analyst anymore. Um, I, I mean, he's definitely in a community, that's for sure. That's that's how far away he's gone. <laughs> well, we're but, happy about uh, that. Two gentlemen who uh, you know put their heart on the line and uh, and, and are committed to their cause, um, no matter you know who they come up against. But by God, are they stubborn old mules? Shane Evans is known as the Hat Rack. And if you don't know the story, we dubbed him then. Well, I dubbed him. I'll claim it. I dubbed him the Hat Rack because I've never seen someone wear as many hats as he does with the amount of fingers in pies that he tries to put himself in. But for how many hats that he wears, the amount of things that are supposed to be inside of that he gets wrong is flabbergasting. <laughs> like dead set everything and we pull him up all the time i remember a couple of weeks ago we were doing the super rugby preview and um he was saying there's no games at brookvale oval this year i got a text message within two minutes saying yes there is i had to pull it up in the screen in the studio on the computer and show him that like round 12 at this stage is down for brookvale oval he's supposed to be one of the one of the head People in rugby in Shoot Shield rugby on the Northern Beach. Well, luckily, wasn't. It would have been. It would have been funny if he had a shift there that day as well. He was like, oh, no, man. it isn't. You would have helped him out. You would have done him a favour. <laughs> but just yeah. it doesn't matter. But like as I said, we we love Shane's passion. He obviously has a passion. Sometimes I just think he needs to check his facts a bit before he he puts them on air. Oh, there, Shane. When you when you when you're listening, if you're listening, Shane, that is. I'll uh, be listening. Well, be listening. The group chat. Well, the group chat will be blowing up. I'm surprised we haven't had any messages. Quarter to nine on a Tuesday, yeah. And the messages coming through, going, hang on a minute. 
Hang on a minute, and, and us not listening. Uh, then there is, of course, Keith Dupolsky, the uh, one of the yes, co-creator is Splinters. Uh, you know, there's no, not really much to say about him. Don't pull that much of the curtain behind. <laughs> you have to no. keep up the illusion that I hate him. <laughs> Can't say that even I created Splinters when everyone thinks I hate him. <laughs> I mean, look, Keith has done wonderful things uh, uh, throughout his illustrious career in community radio and is now doing something that... Uh, some of us wish we could be doing and actually be working on it, getting paid to talk rubbish. Um, have you I, been a caller on his show? I have been a couple of callers. Yeah, so have I. That, that's showing how good his show is going when we have to be his callers. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, us, I mean, us, our t- team at the bench and at Splinters is probably the size of the population of Pauling. <laughs> so, I mean, you can give a man a give a man a break. Give a man a break. Um, let's 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 wrap it up here. Um, let's um, we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll leave Tony Dyson alone. We know he can get a little cranky from time to time. Our Mate, fierce, I don't need to handle Tony cranky at the moment. Our fearless, our fearless leader who can we love sometimes you, Tony. We'll just say we'll fearless. just say that we we'll love you, Tony. Uh, and yes, too fearless is probably a thing. Just stop dragging us into it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but of course, we couldn't not review ourselves. Um, Amizi, I'll give you the honours of re- of reviewing me first as a as an honourable man that I am. How many and of Fridays course, have you done this week? This how many, what have how I done many this Fridays? Week? How many Fridays have you been in the studio this year? I've been in po- probably more than last year, that's for sure. <laughs> Still giving you an F. Still giving oh, you an F. Ah, oh, well, I mean, I'm assuming that's an F for fun. <laughs> Yeah, you're having fun while I'm buddy, buddy bunking in buddy my job and then having oh, to my fault that I'm duck out the back door. And that I need my Fridays. I need my Fridays. I need I need some sort of life. Do we have to get back to the find me as your girlfriend buddy thing? Is this is this what we need? Oh, well, well, maybe that could be our next podcast because we don't have any content to talk about. <laughs> so we, we can do we can do we can do we can do perfect match. If perfect you if you're match. interested in doing Depends. perfect match. With the wise man for the next episode of Splinters, get in contact with us on our Facebook page. <laughs> we will take all comers, man, woman, or dog. If you fancy Come yourself on, hanging a... out with Schmeezy on a Friday, <laughs> give us a call. Schmeezy, <laughs> uh, no, I, I won't give you an F. You, uh, you put in a lot of. You're putting a lot of hard yards, and uh, you've come a long way since when I first met you on the bench, and you struggled to pronounce anything other than a white Anglo-Saxon name. I actually uh, can't pronounce anything. I mean, I mean, you still can't do it, but you've come a long way regardless <laughs> in other areas to make up for that glaring, well, it's now glaring a issue. Well, it's now a bit. We say we're not going. We're still going to have fun here, and yes, okay, your F can be fun because that's the fun. Where we're still going to be your, your serious sport one. I know I don't want to listen to anything without fun. If if it's got to be me mispronouncing half of the buddy Greece soccer team or making fun of you <laughs> because fun. you're going to go drink. <laughs> but that, as I said, people want fun, and particularly at this time of the year when you can go and get serious news everywhere. And don't get me wrong, here on Triple H, we're going to give you the serious news, but it doesn't have to be all doom and gloom. I said, if I had to turn up and be boring for two hours a week, I wouldn't want to do it. Do I get to come and be fun for two hours? Count me in. Count me in. Exactly right. I totally agree. All right, we're sort of we're going over time here on Splinters. We need to wrap it up. The final whistle is about to blow. Matt Mears, it's been a pleasure 
doing this uh, emergency podcast with you, a quarterly review of the year in sports and a, and a quarterly review of ourselves personally. Um, I'm sure I'll hear, we'll be hearing your voice in the weeks to come um, because, you know, the world of sport may stop, but we here on Splinters do not stop because we have to every week be here creating content. I hope you are you calling me a guest? You better not be calling me a guest. Keith knows what happens when you call me a guest. What happens? It, it doesn't end good for Keith. <laughs> Does he have to move? To, I have to move to Port Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, hope you got to hope that Keith has a spare room for you. <laughs> Thank you. But no, mate, it's, it's been yeah, it's, great having you as a co-caller for this emergency oh, podcast on Splinters. Oh, of course, the respect uh, big I deserve. Of course, a big thank you to everyone uh, listening in to our sponsors, Magpies by Tyra and the All About Caring Sydney Bears. Catch us on any podcast platform, of course, um, right across uh, the, the interwebs, um, which you can catch uh, any time during the week and any other episodes that you might have missed previously. Uh, but until then, we will catch you next week. My name is Dom Rosetto. You have been listening to Splinters on Triple H 100.1 FM. And until next time, stay sharp and play pretty. Good night. Good night.